we already knew that USC and UCLA were joining the Big the Big Ten in 2024. We already knew Texas and Oklahoma were joining the SEC in 2024. But damn, some big names came out. We discussed Colorado also going to the Big 12 a couple episodes ago. But the Big 12 also, they're adding Utah. They're adding Arizona and Arizona State. The Big Ten are now adding Oregon and the University of Washington. With Mark Davis, Chris Kameinhart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and welcome to this Friday, August 4th edition of All About the Balls podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis. Excited to be in the sack house because we finally had a preseason game. Yes, it was just a Hall of Fame game. No starters involved. No first round picks unless your name is Will McDonald the fourth. But it's still football. It's something to watch. Something to look forward to. I'm joined alongside Chris Kameinhart and Nick the Doc Skirkwins. Doc, how are you feeling after the first preseason game, even though it was a Hall of Fame game? How are you feeling a day later? I mean, feeling good to see football back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everybody in America, if there's one thing that can unite this country, again, it's football. And Hall of Fame, waste game or not, it is nice to just see the boys back in pads, playing the game that we all love, just warms my heart. And Chris, how are you doing tonight? Make sure you unmute that button. But how are you doing tonight, the day after the Hall of Fame game? Mark, doing absolutely amazing. It was, it was just so great to be able to like finally sit down on the couch and be like, "Hey, I have a football game to turn on." <laughs> yeah. And then we got we got very much introduced to how Demarcus Ware should never sing the national anthem yeah. again. Probably love never the story though. In his life. Lo- lo- love the oh. love the story why he did it, but not a good singer. Yep. Not a, yeah, yeah, probably. Come on, man. You've had, you've had USFL for weeks. Uh, no, but it was it was bad though. I don't watch the national anthem the USFL, but it was horrible. It also went like fucking three four minutes past normal people singing it too. Yeah, it was, it was a long. Well, wait, hold up, yeah. was it was it Fergie bad? Um, was it Fergie NBA All Star bad? I wouldn't say that just because Fergie's an actual professional singer. So you expect yeah. more out of her, but it was bad. That work. was a fucking train wreck. I mean, every time I think of that, I see, I just picture Draymond's face. Cause he's like lost in space. And then he's, and the camera gets on him and he's just smiling and laughing. Cause it's like, yo, what, what the fuck do I do? here? What are we doing here? Yeah. What, what is going on? No. Yeah. He should stick to his day job, whatever he's doing outside his professional life. Hey, but shout out to you, Demarcus Ware. You'll be in the hall of fame this weekend. You know, Hell of a player. Definitely grew up watching you. and You're one of the best pass rushers I've ever seen play, for sure. Uh, but, boys, I golfed today. Rocking the new hat as well. My little Florida Woo-hoo. hat. Rocking the state where I'm from and everything. Florida. It looks good. I, yeah, I feel good. I look good. I'm going to talk good tonight. So, we're going to talk a lot of football tonight. Like I said, we had a Hall of Fame game. We had some injuries and suspensions. We're going to break down just one each. And then the college football madness. A lot of smoke is starting to uh, clear from the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. And then we'll see what the ACC will spoil that a little bit. We'll see what the ACC is going to do. But let's start off, like I said, Canton, Ohio, boys. The Hall of Fame game, the Cleveland Mm. Browns versus the New York football Jets. Normally you would see Deshaun Watson versus Aaron Rodgers. But this time the starters were Kellen Munn for the Cleveland Browns and Zach Wilson from the New York Jets. The final score was 21-16. Chris, Zach Wilson was only in there for about three drives, got six points, so two field goals. He did have one big throw to Malik Taylor that Aaron Rodgers did call up. That was the Aaron Rodgers play, and he told Robert Sala, let's, let's call. I'm sorry, he told um, Nathaniel Hackett, let's call this play, and, you know, it worked out. Zach Wilson didn't look too good the rest of the plays, but that's typical Zach Wilson. Yeah, no, I mean, going into it, I was excited to see Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. kind of see if he improved. I know he hasn't got much time with Aaron Rodgers, but just see if he stepped up a little bit. And right off the bat, we got – Typical Zach Wilson. Yeah. Fucking backup <laughs> Zach Wilson right there. I mean, he, he made like, – that throw was was beautiful. I mean, like, I don't care if it's the preseason or not. That was a hell of a throw, and I'll give it to him. Like, that was that was what we saw during his training uh, – or his pro day out in BYU. Yeah, that the, was the problem his BYU is in, days. The problem is in, is in, you know, preseason or not. The problem is you won't see that shit in the regular season because, first of all <laughs> – Zach Wilson's ass should be parked on the fucking bench. All right. Fuck you, Cowherd, uh, well, for, for liking him. But 
according to Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to see him. Um, he said in the, to the, in the Hall of Fame for eight or nine years. So that means if the math is correct, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be there for at least three or four seasons. So you might not see Zach Wilson as a starter for the New York Jets for a while. But Chris, another guy in Doc, another guy that I saw that stuck out to me was the fifth round draft pick out of the Cleveland Browns. Dorian Thompson Robinson, a.k.a. DTR from UCLA. That man was phenomenal out there. When I, I got I missed the first quarter work called i had you know, i had to get in there and do my thing i got in there at the second quarter so kellen munn started but dtr was the highlight for me that guy was throwing blocks for his running back Demetric felton jr he was making dime throws as well also running the ball had a 22 yard game winner the dot the kid's shining maybe just maybe he'll pass kellen munn on the third depth chart and then maybe he'll pass joshua dobbs who did not start that's the second string which he's behind Deshaun watson so i think if this dtr kid keeps balling he can take that backup spot or maybe get on the radar for other teams that maybe you know, make a move for him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, there's definitely the potential for that. I mean, DTR came out here. We're talking five less completions, six or uh, eight less attempts, came out just 10 less yards. I mean, the yard, the, the average 4.8 to 7.5 is, is an insane amount. I mean, the guy came out absolutely balled out, showed what he can do. Um, Kellen Mond has continued to just show why he is a backup in the league, um, you know, and it didn't help Mond getting sacked, like, just after you know the well, opening drive, also throwing, but, inter- uh, also throwing interception too doesn't help yeah. either. Yeah, throwing interception. DTR didn't have one, you know. So a big day by him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see the 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 fight for that for that second string. But at the end of the day, let's be real. It's it's Deshaun Watson's team. Oh and yeah. That's you know, unless he gets hurt, that this is a moot point. I agree. I but yeah, I, mean, I will D- say or suspended again. Talking- you go, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, DTR looked good. I mean, he just he de- demonstrated. He looked very well. He looked like he was good in the pocket. He was calm. He had that awareness when he had to evade trouble. I mean, he used his legs, got out of it. He looked fluid. He looked like he was in control of that offense. I mean, just watching that first half, the o- Browns' offense looked flat. Besides the run game, it, they just couldn't get the <clears throat> momentum going. And then DTR came in and he balled out. And it I will say the play, the play of the game wasn't even a throw from him or a run from him. It was him fucking setting up the block for his running back. He threw his body into the linebacker and said, yo, my running back's scoring here. Because speak of that running back, Demetri Felton Jr., he's in a spot where he's trying to get that second string spot behind Nick Chubb. I know they wanted to include Nick Chubb in the passing game, but you want to have that scat back like a cream hunt. They do have Jerome Ford, who they drafted last year. But they also have uh, Demetri Felton, who looked good, and he's going to compete for that second-string spot. That is an important position for the Cleveland Browns, I think. I don't care if it's preseason. Having that scat back behind Nick Chubb is very, very important for this Cleveland Browns team. Absolutely. Yeah. And the service before self. You love to see it. <laughs> I mean, he put his body out there. I mean, he didn't give a shit at all. Send it, dude. Send it. Earn your spot. Earn your keep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Felton, he seized his opportunity last night to demonstrate and to show off what he did. I mean, he led the Browns last night in rushing 46 yards on only seven carries. He had a phenomenal night. I mean, my big takeaway player from the Browns would have to be Darwin Jones. I mean, that man looked like a fucking monster lined up against the defense. I mean, 6'8", 375 pounds, and that man moved like he was a feather. He was mm. I, a little – I mean, he didn't allow one single quarterback pressure and 35 passing plays. I mean, yeah, I, I know, I know it's – yeah, I know it's like twos and threes going against twos and threes, but still com- coming out as a rookie and going against players that have been in the league and still not giving up a single quarterback pressure is pretty pretty outstanding well, to me. What's going to happen that is that they're going to elevate him in the you know during the first team reps. And if you can keep competing with the first team uh, squad – He's going to get a spot, and that's the point. It's like you, you go from your – like you said, you go from your your tier, and then you go – you elevate a little bit, and if it doesn't work out, then you go back to that tier. But if you're making a name for yourself in preseason, that is where it all starts. And then, you know, maybe you'll be a starter. And that's a big boy too. I saw him on the sideline. That's a yeah. big motherfucker, man. And, you know, Ohio State, they, they produce good offensive linemen. Like they, they have a history of it. So it's not a bad spot to be. And the New York Jets do need offensive line help, I thought. So, I mean, if someone struggles, he's going to be the next guy up. But big facts. Ohio State produces everything except for quarterbacks. Um, well, your quarterback Justin Fields, he has the Titans next week in preseason. Chris's I know what team I said. I know what I the, said. 
has the Chiefs Sunday, the, the primetime slot everyone's going to be watching, and the Falcons go to Miami. And, boys, it's preseason. We're going to cover the games Monday. We're going to preview some things we're looking for, you know, obviously the rookie quarterback, things like that. But just good to have football back. Good to hear Chris Collinsworth's voice on NBC. Love Man, it. Pumped up. I love it. Yep. I don't know. I, I don't love know it. that I would ever be. I, I mean, I'd take him over Boog, but I don't know that I'd ever be excited for Chris Collinsworth voice. I did also love hearing some of the uh, Hall of Famers on the sidelines. Zach Thomas had a good story where he got hit by a car as a kid, and he had like a learning um, deficiency after that. And he had to learn, like you know, with his mom, how to like hear better. He had like a hearing problem, and you know, he was he's the only he's a third linebacker under six foot to make the Hall of Fame too. So that's a pretty crazy stat, uh, honestly. You know, linebackers typically aren't under six foot. And they said some of the stories. Like, listen to AJ Hawk on the Pat McAfee show today. Listen to Pac or Pac Man Jones also talk. They said Zach Thomas was full on just throwing bodies out there. He didn't give a shit if it was practice or not. He was full on just trying to run somebody over and just trying to kill him. But I can't wait for the Hall of Fame tomorrow, too. Like I said, we have some good crop of guys going in. Some guys that we grew up boys watching Rodney Barber. You have Zach mm. Thomas, Marcus Ware, Darrell Revis, arguably. One of the top corners in the league and in the history of this football uh, association. I don't think he's the best, but I think he's definitely has a case to make that. You know, he held Calvin Johnson at 13 yards one game. I mean, can anyone else say that? Revis Island out there. Yes, mm, Revis Island for a reason. You. Also, boys, just one last thing on that game. Will McDonald, the fourth, he said it was a first rounder. He played a lot last night. That's kind of a bad sign if your rookie, your first round rookie, is playing into the third quarter. So I want to see how he's going to do. He's a, he's an outside linebacker, pass rusher for the New York Jets. So I'll have to keep eye on that guy, see how he's doing in camp. Hard Knocks is coming up August 8th, this week upcoming. So we'll see probably a lot of him on the Hard Knocks edition. Doc, I'm going to start with you. I want Chris to, to go second for this one. Alvin Kamara, the New Orleans Saints running back, met with Roger Goodell Wednesday this past week, and it was announced today. He suspended the first three games, so visiting the tight or home for the Titans at the Panthers on Monday night at the Packers. He's going to be missing all three of those games. He'll come back week four against the Bucks at home. What is this impact for fantasy? Because that's that's the key. We know that the Saints can survive maybe three games without Alvin Kamara, but what's the fantasy impact for himself, Jaw Maul Williams, and Kendra Miller, the rookie TCU running back, the third round? Uh, you know. It's tough to make that distinction. I want to say I want to say it's a big impact because of what Kamara can bring to the game, but at the same time, the numbers haven't been there the last couple of years that we're used to. So it's almost like, hey, he's out three games. I honestly, I don't think it changes draft stock. I think you know it might lower just a little bit because I don't think he's the number one pick that you know a lot of people think he might be. Um, they used to be too, yeah. Yeah, ever since Ingram came in, I mean, he's he's just gone downhill since they started splitting touches. I'm hoping to see Camaro go back to the the Camaro Bold where he's the number one back, getting all the touches, the checkdowns, everything else. He's that 200 yard uh, per game player, uh, both receiving and rushing. But I think what he's coming off of, I don't I don't think it affects much fantasy wise. Yeah, Chris, uh, when you're when you're looking at it, like maybe in that mid tier. You know, the middle rounds, I'm sorry, not not the middle tier, but the mid rounds. Does this impact, you know, maybe taking a Jamal Williams over Alvin Kamara or a Kendra Miller? Or, like, will this also take away from Alvin Kamara when he gets back if these two guys are balling out in the first three games? I mean, I don't think you're going to take – I don't think you're going to take Jamal Williams or Kendra Miller over AK just because you have Kendra – I mean, he's coming off an injury um, right out of his pro day. So, I mean, we we don't know about his injury. Jamal Williams, hey, he's touchdown dependent. Like, if he's not getting touchdowns, he's not getting you points. I think I think only getting three games, I think AK's ADP is going to rise just a little bit, which I think is very good because I have no interest in taking him. So, I no, mean, that's yeah. – someone else is going to take him. So, that's going to leave me – somebody better to get i mean he's getting up there in age he's 28 years old he's coming off two horrible years i mean he should have been suspended last year i mean the past two years i don't think he's got yard like maybe four yards per carry on average so i mean and he's getting thrown into a loaded running back room right now i mean jamal williams is there kendry miller we've already named them so it's going to take some time 
I think fantasy wise, he's not going to be the first round running back like he's used to. I think just football wise, the Saints are going to survive without him, like you said, Mark. I mean, yeah, the problem is last year they also didn't use him to his ability, which was catching the ball out of the backfield. He's phenomenal. He was phenomenal. They haven't since Ingram came back. Yeah, I mean, well, well two not, not two years ago he was good, but last year was pretty. It was bad. His his rookie his rookie year when Ingram was there, they're phenomenal. Both of them had both had a thousand yards, all purpose yards. Yeah, so once it's AP not, left, it's not, yeah. It's not about it's not about him. Yeah, I know. Oh, Adrian <laughs> Peterson. Yeah, but it's not about him splitting carries. It's about it's about game planning. I mean, once Sean Payton left, the game plan was gone. Big Pete Carmichael's. Pete Carmichael is a horrible, I wouldn't say horrible, but he definitely did not learn from Sean Payton. And is it quarterback play? Probably. I mean, once Drew Brees left, you saw his consistency go down. And it doesn't help with Derek Carr coming in because Carr is not a guy that peppers the running back coming out of the backfield. He's more hands it off. And that's not, that's not AK's game. AK's game's not going north and south. It's, it's getting over the edge, and we weren't yeah. doing that successfully last year. So and I we mean, saw that's what hurt him. And we saw with the Raiders, like Josh Jacobs has never had a receiving touchdown in his career. And that's a running back. So does that? I mean, does that take away from Alvin Kamara? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe AK is a little more you know elusive when it comes to that depart- or component of the game compared to Josh Jacobs. But we've seen Josh Jacobs with the ball in his hand, and we know he can definitely score. So, like you said, I think J- Derek Carr can throw the ball. I mean, he's He's got a good delivery of a ball. We don't trust him in big moments, but I think that their car coming in is going to take away from Alvin Kamara, not the suspension. I, like you said, it's just three games, so it's not like a huge, huge loss at all uh, in fantasy. You can sacrifice if you had Alvin Kamara as your second running back. You could find someone for three weeks, literally, to hopefully plug and play, and just hope you get maybe two wins. And then you're two and one when AK gets back, and if he starts balling out, that's a good draft pick for you. But Something to keep on. I think he can play preseason, so we'll see what, um, like you said, Pete Carmichael starts dialing up with Derek Carr uh, this preseason, which is going to be big. Hey, you, you... John John Gruden came in today again. Oh, again. Oh, not John again. Gruden, not Chucky. <laughs> hey, he came in again. Oh, man, that's that's crazy. Maybe he's the future coach of the New Orleans Saints. Maybe maybe he's uh, just – hey, maybe he's just – Maybe maybe future quarterback coach, not head coach. He, that's funny is he's never produced a good quarterback. I don't know. I've seen dumber career. shit happen, like John Gruden getting $10 million a year to lose in Las Vegas. Well, well Oakland my, at the my time. Thing about, but my thing about every, Gruden, though, everybody, is – Everybody loses in Las Vegas. That's true. Gruden, though, is a quarterback guru, apparently, but he's never actually groomed a great quarterback. Like, he's never actually that's what I'm saying. That's made why I'm, a good that's quarterback. Why, that's my sarcasm about the bullshit. He's a dog shit coach that got overpaid and couldn't fucking make anything happen. The dude came in and refused to call his star player when he took over the Raiders. <laughs> refused to call his star player, and he got traded to the Bears. But oh, Bears. Uh, moving on, we, we did mention fantasy. Let's keep the fantasy train rolling because the guy that won the Triple Crown Award for the receivers in 2021, and he was balling last year, and to be honest, he was probably going to have on pace a better year than Justin Jefferson did, and he had a phenomenal year himself. Cooper Cup. Towards ACL Week 10, obviously, last year. You know, everyone's excited to have him back, see how, what he's going to do. Fantasies projected to be a top-five draft pick. Chris mentioned that during the mock draft that we did with Luke. And he had a hamstring injury. Now he's he's going to be out for a few weeks. Chris, how big is this for the Los Angeles Rams? We'll, we'll put fantasy aside for right now. We'll talk fantasy in a second. But how big is this for the Los Angeles Rams if he can't play or if it just lingers on to the season in it? hinders his play a little bit i mean it's it's huge uh like we said when we covered the rams was like their one their one thing that they can't do is get injured they don't they don't have the depth for guys to come in they have rookies so they're they're not proven yet but this is this is big like cups already coming off injuries tweaking his hamstring and then how much are they going to rush him to get him into week one because they need them, they need them in the game, plain and simple, to win games. So they know that. But do you rush him? Do you not rush him? Is the question. Yeah, I think it's huge because, like you said, there's no depth. I mean, look at this list. You got Van Jefferson, who was I thought was pretty good for a little while, and then you know he's had his injuries. 
Tutu Atwell, Demarcus Robinson, and then Ben uh, Scormack, whatever his name is. So they definitely don't have that depth to um, not have uh, Cooper Cup. And like I said, he was balling last year, and they, they were still losing with him. Those nine games, they were three and six. So it's not like you know, has phenomenals. He was playing with Stafford and then the backup. I mean, actually, Stafford was there together. They got hurt the same week. But when they were playing together, it didn't really matter at all. So, I mean, but having him there is huge for that offense in general, especially with a run game that's questionable. And Stafford, who's questionable, and Sean McVay, if he's not even going to want to be there after this year. So it's just, what are the Rams playing for, honestly? And that that's the thing is, does Cooper Cup even want to be there if he's hurt? Like, why not just rest yourself? Sit yourself out, honestly. Take the Lamar Jackson route, dude. Well, I mean, I, I mean, coming off an ACL surgery and now you have a hamstring issue, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to sit there and make sure you're healthy because hamstrings, if they keep lingering, it's going to be a problem you, for the whole year. You don't want that at all. You still want to play. I mean, don't get me wrong, but the Rams are in a bad spot. I don't think they're that good. I think that they're in for a long, long year. If it wasn't for the Cardinals not having Kyler Murray – I mean, they'd be competing with, I think, the Cardinals for last place. Like, that's how bad it is. Yeah, I mean, so, him him, him, and Higby linked in with a good good touchdown today in, a, in fucking training camp. So, I mean, if these guys go down, Higby's going to have to step up. It's just – it's health. Like, we said it all over when we covered the Rams. It's these boys got to yeah. stay healthy. They're all old it's, as fuck. But more yeah, importantly – Cooper Cup makes Stafford that much better. And more importantly, is fantasy because that's what we play. You know, everyone around the fucking country plays when you watch football. Is Chris? You mentioned top five for Cooper Cup. You know, I have it clips. So, and that was one of our videos. We we're going to clip. You named we all five. We keep receipts guys. around here. Yeah, we keep those receipts. Are you still on board with Cooper Cup being a top five worth of a draft pick? Yeah, no. Like I said, if you're if you're in one of those top five spots, you can take you can take one of those players and they have the potential of being the number one fantasy player. I think they're going to be smart with cup. I don't think they're going to rush them. They know what they did last year. I, I think he still has the potential to be that number one. I, I don't know, doc. I I, I, yeah. With pick number nine, if, if Cooper cups there, I mean, maybe cause he fell down, but I'm still, a little, I'm still a little nervous. I'm taking probably all 59 seconds before that last second to make that decision because I don't know if I trust Cooper Cup this year. We're seeing injuries already with his legs. We just saw the ACL last year, like we've mentioned so many times already. I don't know if I trust Cooper Cup to stay healthy for 17 games. And we need him for 16 games because that's what the championship goes to. I need him for 16 weeks. So that's huge. And right now, with 15, what he's gone 15 through. weeks. He's going to have a bye week to recover. That's that true. Leg. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, 15. Yeah, I need him for 15 like weeks. It's just like you said, it's an ACL. It's a big injury. It's a hamstring. It's a lingering injury. I mean, this is where the body kind of starts to break down. Um, and it's kind of that mindset of like, does Cooper Cup really want to be here, right? Like, does he take Lamar Jackson route and and focus on himself and sit out and fuck the team because he wants to get paid? But um, ultimately, like, I don't think that this kills his draft stock. I think that, you know, there is still value in him, but I'm definitely not taking a top five draft pick on him. 100%. I, I- I mean, it also goes down to I don't know if Sean McVay's come out and say like what grade this hamstring strain or yes, injury and that's, is. Yeah, is, that's is a big, the big part. thing. Is like because it, if it's a small, if it's just like a little strain, I mean, if we're luckily, talking missing a week or two of preseason, yeah. Well, luckily he it happened last week, so he still has four, four full, four and four or five weeks full to rest. So it's about what Sean McVay does. And like I've been saying is, do they rush him back? Does he does he play in a preseason game? I doubt I doubt we see him in a, a single preseason game. They're only rushing him back if they think that they're playoff contenders. I, yeah. I don't think they rush him back at all, honestly. Like, they, already said they, they, they already said he's out for a few weeks, and there's only three preseason games for the Rams. So, I mean, maybe the last game, but – I don't even think they do that. I don't think the Rams should risk it at all. I mean, you want this guy there every single week possible. And he, like I said, he was on pace to do what Justin Jefferson did last year. But, you know, he had, I think, 900 yards through nine games. You know, he was averaging 100 yards a game. And then he unfortunately got hurt, and that sucks to play. I mean, that sucks to happen. I mean, 
but we'll, we'll see. It's 2023. I, season's coming around sh- shortly. We're going to see what's going to happen Sean, with the Cup. Sean McVay could do the same thing that Pete Carroll just did and tell tell the media that his running back's out indefinite, and then the running back's out there fucking playing three days later, you know? Which so, one was that? Was that was that Walker or was that uh, no, it the was, um, rookie? The rookie. The rookie yeah, okay. he comes out and says he's out indefinite, and then three days later he's back on the plane. Which Jesus. like, which which hey, it makes sense because indefinite means you don't know. Pete Carroll yes. doesn't know medical shit, so and I'm all for all coaches coming out and saying, "Hey, these players are out indefinite." <laughs> yeah. I don't know when they're coming back. That's but, true. No, it's something to keep an eye on is Cooper Cup. I you know like, I think he's one of the most important storylines now coming into your fantasy season. Like we're like I said, we're our league is 22 days away from the redraft league and then 23 days away from the dynasty league. So, you know, these next three weeks, we're going to be sitting here wondering, especially you, Chris, with the fourth pick. I don't think he gets to nine, even, even if he gets past you. So I don't have to worry about him. Doc's definitely not going to see him at 12. So uh, I don't think me and Doc have to worry about Cooper cup at all. If I see him at 12, I'm still not taking him. Damn. I mean, especially – I mean, if you go receiver-receiver and he's your second receiver, I mean, that's that. I think that's definitely worth the risk. But Yeah, I'll take him at 13. I'm not taking him at 12. Yeah, that's true. He didn't wow. say 13. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Te- technicality. But, boys, <laughs> let's move let's, – we have a big story here. I wanted to save some time. So, we have plenty of time because this is going to, I think, take a while. NCAA football. It's – it is fucking getting crazy right now. You know, we already knew that USC and UCLA were joining the Big the Big Ten in 2024. We already knew Texas and Oklahoma were joining the SEC in 2024. But damn, some big names came out. We discussed Colorado also going to the Big 12 a couple episodes ago. But the Big 12 also, they're adding Utah. They're adding Arizona and Arizona State. The Big Ten are now adding Oregon and the University of Washington. The Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big 12 have 16 teams now. It's getting fucking crazy. The ACC, they're kind of settling down right now. The smokes, I think they're waiting for the smoke to clear. FSU and Clemson were rumored for the Big Ten and SEC potential joining those schools. You know, we had an FSU buddy that said it was huge for the SEC and the Big Ten to pretty much go after uh, FSU and Clemson. I think Clemson's on the kind of the downward spiral right now. They're still competitive, but they're not Clemson like we knew a few years ago with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. But is this good for college football, Chris? All these teams linking up, making four conferences. We still don't know about the ACC. So it might be three big-ass conferences, or it might just be four. The ACC has 14 um, schools, and they're going, and they eliminate divisions. So it's a 3-5-5. Five, five. So three rivalry permanent games, and they'll rotate the other five teams every other year. That's what the ACC stands. Northern Dame's also on a deal with NBC until 2025. That's an eye to keep it on. How does this look for college football right now? No, absolutely. This this ruins college football. I mean, all these big TV medias coming in, throwing money at these teams to come in and make these huge super conferences. It's it's ruining football. I mean, you have the Pac-12 that's now the Pac-4. I mean, that's 108 years of fucking history about yep. to be gone next year. The basketball, Rose Bowl, too. It's not the just Rose football. Bowl, it's basketball, too. Yeah, the Rose Bowl, kiss it goodbye. I mean, that's not going to be a good game. Like, and then it's just, it's rough. I mean, like, look at Oregon, right? So for Oregon to Rutgers, which is going to be a conference game, they have to travel 2,900 yards, or miles, sorry, not yards. 2,900 miles. That's a lot of miles for a conference game. But Oregon to Oregon State, a 50 miles for a non-conference game. So, I mean, this shit, it, it's dumb. I i think this is ruining, I think it's ruining football. And like I mentioned earlier to you over text, Mark, is like when ESPN and Fox pushing out this these big paychecks and now you have these streaming companies that are taking over yeah. sports. Taking oh, over Amazon's TV. doing a bang up job with Thursday night football. Well, co- but college football—it's just right now CBS, NBC, Fox, and um, ABC slash ESPN. So those are the four yeah, big I'm, ones right now. How I, I get ESPN that they they make some money, 
but like when's the last time you sat down in front of a tv and watched like first take or any of these other fucking espn shows on tv because i don't even watch first all... take because i'm watching youtube when pat's on exactly like <laughs> no one it, it's not back in the day where we had all these like media news outlets at the touch of our fingers on phones you had to like sit in front of a TV and watch ESPN to get news. Like it's not, it's not top 10 plays anymore. Like no one gives a fuck about ESPN. So it's like, when is Disney going to kick ESPN to the curb? Like, how are they going to keep up with these big paychecks that these schools are chasing? And doc, it's not just money too. Is it also going to ruin the rivalries as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're splitting the conferences. You're throwing a knife in the, in the heart of, of what college football is. Um, I mean, I, 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 I could say so much about this. It's an absolute joke. I mean, I guess I must have missed the memo where you no longer need to be bordering a state in the conference that you're in because, like Chris said, going from Oregon all the way to Rutgers, I mean, even in the Big 12, Cincinnati going in there, Texas, Cincinnati, not as big of a move, but still, like, this was built on location, built on ease of students, right, because education comes first, not traveling. Right. This has such a bigger impact than just the sports, but it's an absolute joke. The rivalries, the conferences, everything all together. This is clearly a money grab. Um, the Pac-12 with the history, you know, we, we, we heard for years about power five conferences and how everything was going to come down to the five conferences. And now it's really becoming like power four and a quarter. Um, I, I don't know. I this is well, this well, is just extremely disappointing for what the competition is in college football. And these are the most of these folks that are coming out here are not playing for the NFL. Ninety nine percent of these these folks know they're not going to NFL. They're just out here to get the, the scholarship to, to play and get their education, move on to whatever their career field is. And God bless them for it. But like you're taking the fun out of the game. Well, it's not even, so the four teams remaining in the Pac-12, though, well, now like Chris at the Pac-4 is California, which they're potentially going to go bankrupt any 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 moment, it seems like. You have Stanford, who I still think is a decent name when it comes to, well, definitely academics, but they still have a big, you know, big name. You have Oregon State and Washington State. These four schools, before the end of this football season, is going to pick a conference. If it's not the Big Ten or it's Big 12, it's going to be something. You know, the ACC might well, grab them. Well, I would them. hope so, otherwise they're going to be yeah. staying under a bridge. But the, that, that raises the questions now. Well, first, does the Pac-12, or what it was, Doc, in the 2010 era was the Pac-10. That was before Utah and Colorado came out there. They were on yep. the verge of getting Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Utah and Colorado, who they did get, and now they're leaving. But they were, they were going to be the Pac-16. They didn't want Texas to have the, the Longhorn Network, which is why teams like Nebraska and Missouri and A&M left to start off. But do they regret now not fucking letting Texas have their little network because you ideally would have had all those teams, and now you don't fuck conference at all. You're, you're done because you didn't want the Longhorn Network. I mean, in the moment, I think it absolutely uh, – there's regret now because, you know, you lost that. You lost those teams. You lost that revenue. Um, I think ultimately where we're at, I mean, it, it's weird because – I think that those teams at the end of the day would have left because the Pac-12, it does not matter how you spend it. The Pac-12 is not competitive. Um, as good as yeah, the team that won that conference yeah. were, right. Uh, Willie Taggart fucked Oregon. Um, they've been doing everything they can since he left uh, to go fuck Florida State. Um, but ultimately, I feel like it would have happened anyways. But at the same sense, at the same token, you could say, you know, this could have changed the landscape. This could have kept the Pac-12, you know, or the, or the future Pac-16. This could have kept them big. This could have this conference could have become the new SEC because what drives the conference better, right, is the competition, the chance to go pro, nationally televised games, all those things. And having Texas, Oklahoma, all those other teams in there, it could have absolutely drove up, you know, recruiting and everything to make this a true oh, yeah. powerhouse conference. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, with them not being there, we'll never know. Um, I think the potential was definitely there. But those teams could have also gone to the Pac-12 and absolutely lost everything shit to bed because they're in, you know, the whack. Well, in, the in problem sense. also is the Pac-12, like you said, Doc, level competition. If I'm not mistaken, since the playoffs have been, you know, um, founded and been used, they've only had two teams in the playoffs. Oregon went there the very first year, got blown out against Ohio State. That was the Zeke absolutely year. Absolutely destroyed. 
the, the next year, if I'm not mistaken, was the year as a basic, the Washington Huskies made it. And then if I'm not mistaken, they got demolished by, I think it was Alabama who blew them out in the first round. So they haven't had much of anything to really brag about when it comes to playoffs or championships. Oregon did get there with Michael James back in the day against Cam Newton's Auburn Tigers, but they the Pac-12 hasn't done shit since USC with Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner, honestly. Yeah. No, Pac-12 has been absolute shit. Um, I mean, Mariota in Oregon. I mean, Oregon had a couple of good years, but not a ton to show for it. Um, looking at that at that conference top to bottom, I mean, that's if – I, if I have aspirations of going pro, I'm not going Pac-12. Yeah. I, any any conference hasn't done shit compared to the SEC. If we're talking about championships, I mean SEC's. No, no, no. We're not talking championships. We're talking success. You can't, you can't, you can't dog the Big Ten with with. I mean, Michigan and Ohio State alone, you can't dog the Big Ten. Well, you can dog Michigan. Michigan's only had two years, well, three years under Jim Harbaugh out of the what seven eight years that he's been there. So I can dog Michigan. I'm sorry, I can dog the fuck out of Michigan. Because before Jim Harbaugh, they were But I'm not shit. talking championships. I'm not talking championships. I'm but talking success about too coming out of that yeah. conference. Well, but oh, what, yes. what are you what are you playing for? You playing just to make the playoffs or are you playing to win the whole thing? He's talking about getting to these the next level playing, though, too. These guys are playing to go. Are you pro. talking about are you to, okay? If I thought we were talking about if you're, like, no, if you're going to the power Mark, four, because it's no longer Mark the power started, five. Was Mark started talking about like Mark started talking about like Going to the yeah, playoffs, no, no. Like I was talking about, about the Oregon. And I was talking about Pax twelve. Like within the other conferences, they were not winning. But yes, they have produced talent. Like, don't get me wrong, the talent at the next level. Yeah, there's Pac twelve talent out in the NFL. But what I'm talking about success, like I'm not talking about the factories that make the next level kids that go to the pros. We understand that SEC and Ohio State, they still produce the most. And you know, Miami will still get some school teams in there. Florida State too. They they still get them, but. When we're talking success, success. I'm sorry for conferences. Yes, we are talking the championships. We're talking about the deep runs. Ohio State's a great regular season team. They haven't done shit really in the last two decades. They have a couple no. championships, but it's been spread out so far. The SEC has been winning in every I think one sport. One was vacated, wasn't it? No, that that wasn't vacated. They Jim Tressel got banned for a long time. Was yeah, sent, they had a bull ban for a couple of years. Yeah, then a couple of years ago, Jim, Jim Trussell left. They had that one-year coach, and then Meyer came in. Um, Ohio State is great in the regular season, but they can't compete when it comes to the big-time games. I'm not going to really hold this. Even looking at the regular season games and the rivalries and everything, like the Michigan-Michigan State game, love to see a brawl in the tunnel, you know. Uh, love to see a bunch of people charged with assault after the game. Um, I don't know. when I, When I'm flipping the channels – on it, and I hate to say it, it it's it sounds like saying this out loud sounds weird, but I'm probably tuning into an ACC game over the Pac-12. Well, that's the question though. Is Doc is the ACC? Florida State and Clemson have been rumored to leave for the Big Ten or the SEC. Are they just waiting for the smoke to settle to see the final pieces of now the Pac-12 where they're going to go, and are they going to soon make their their name somewhere else? Because if Florida State and Clemson goes. Unfortunately, the ACC is going to disband too because they're the two biggest names. That's the Oklahoma-Texas of the ACC. That's that's the same comparison. If they leave Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, NC State, they're all going to follow behind them. That's Oklahoma and Texas, they've made it clear they stick together. Where Texas goes, Oklahoma goes. So the ACC is going to disband as well. I don't know what's going to happen with them. I mean, we're just saying there's rumors of it or about to happen. So – what does the ACC I do? don't see I don't see the ACC disbanding because I think the ACC is going to be able to get more um, with the what is it Cincinnati and Houston editions um, I think the ACC has potential to get some more teams from other conferences um, Florida State and Clemson are definitely going to be huge blows if they leave but at the same time those teams are also on a like Florida State's on a few straight down years they finally started coming back up I think last year had a great start to the season and started tapering off um, Clemson obviously has not been the Clemson that we, but they're you know, a solid everybody, 10 win, everybody, but Cle- they're a solid 10 win school though, still. And that's the best in, in the, the ACC. In the so, ACC. Yeah. In the ACC. But if you, uh, Miami, if don't discount leave. Miami. Miami's historically a good team. Um, <laughs> well, I they think haven't that, historically in the last two decades though. Yeah. Not I since they left the Big East. Of, 
<clears throat> no, I think that a lot. I think that with with Florida State and Clemson leaving, like you said, a lot of teams are going to be looking for the door, but I don't think it's going to happen yet. I think they're going to want to see improve themselves and show that they're going to be, you know, the money makers coming over. Um, so I think it's going to be an opportunity for more teams to jump into that conference. I think like between the Pac-12, especially with the movements that we're seeing between the Pac-12 and the ACC, I think the ACC holds it longer. Um, I think that they make they make better because look who's going into the Pac-12, Colorado. Look, prime well, time. I mean, I mean well, Col- you did a great well, Colorado's, job. Col- Colorado's Colorado's going to be getting views though. Yeah, Colorado's going to be getting views. That's why Pac-12 is taking them. Um, Utah's a good school. Big Twelve. Big Twelve. Um, Oh, Big 12. Yeah. As they, that was. Yeah, they, Pac-12's fucked. They were the Pac-12's first one to join the Big 12, and then Utah, Arizona, Arizona State joined, or they got permission from the Big 12 today. It will be announced officially tomorrow. But, um, yeah, so – but this is not just football. This is basketball, too. The Pac-12 is a very good basketball conference. You know, they have the UCLA's. They have the Arizona's. and The schools, don't have, to, the schools don't have to follow the same conference for all sports, though. But I'm pretty sure they're going to, though. But they don't have I mean, to. I, but I'm pretty sure that they are They are moving conferences all around. If I'm not mistaken. No, I'm, I'm not saying they're not. I don't know what they're doing. I, I, have, the I only, don't follow college basketball the only school anymore, that I know that The only school that I know it's, that's different is the Irish. They're in the ACC for basketball, but they're independent for football. That's because of the NBC deal. And that's, that's another point. I'm too, pretty sure... Yeah, the Irish is no, ACC for basketball. I got I got to look it up, but there's definitely no, no. I, I'm not disagreeing with the Irish. The only one I'm tracking. There are, there are a lot of schools of, that are in yeah. different that are in different conferences. Plus, basketball has like 600 D1 schools. Well, so does football. Yeah, that's I mean. a lot bigger. But no, I mean, football is like you, 142. You have a lot of smaller schools that are very good at basketball that you haven't even heard of of football. Yeah, like I mean. Gonzaga. Well, and, and it comes down. It comes down to no. I don't think they do. I, li- I live 15 minutes down the road. I don't think I've ever seen a football <laughs> yeah. highlight out this way. No, I'm pretty so. sure there's cornfields out there. No, but it. So the the D1 requirements. I I don't know what they are for basketball. I have to look it up. But the D1 requirements, um, like for football, I know one of them is like you have to make a million dollars. I think on um, on sales for the athletic program. Um, you have to sell so many seats every game. There, there's a bunch of different things that go into the requirements for D1 um, and D1. Ba- I don't know what the requirements are for D1 basketball, but it seems to be obviously easier. You know, when you've got Chicago State as a D1 basketball team, either they don't have football or they just can't. You know, they, they'll never be D1 football. But um, I think North Dakota State even it was D1 basketball at some point, or still is. You know, in their D2 football. So you know. There, there's well, another just quite, different requirements, but there are a number wanna, of teams that are different, different conferences and different sports. Well, speaking of the conferences though, how do we also deter? So I know for basketball, you can do a tournament. How the fuck with 16 teams, are you going to start deciding conference winners? Because if you have so many tiebreakers, like, and like, let's say they're all like the, the tiebreaker just never runs out. Like it's going to happen. You know, they're not going to play every single team in your conference. Cause now also the out of conference schedule games are going to be kind of even weaker than they already are. So, but how do these tiebreakers going to play? Because are you going to have four pods? Are you going to have a little mini, you know, eliminate bowl games and have a little mini conference tournament, you know, from that December time frame? Like, how do you start to decide these conference winners? And that's, that's, I mean, let's just use like SEC because like, that's just kind of, we can use them the winners. as the base is like, I mean, they are the winners. Can't yeah. argue. Can't argue with history. Right? Yeah. But right now you guys only have 14 schools and there's Go two Tigers. divisions though. So at the moment, yeah, the way no. you guys do it, it's different. Like it's going to change when Texas and Oklahoma comes. So, well, like, yeah. How, how to... So we're getting we're getting sixteen teams now, and like you were saying, tiebreakers. Like, I don't think you can add add pretty much like a little SEC tournament, you know, like they do in basketball, right? Because like that's adding a whole nother. What, Especially expanding games. the field in the well, you can do a couple playoff. games. You you can do top four against each other and then eliminate bowl games. That's that's the thing. Just eliminate bowl games. I I don't think you're going to eliminate bowl games though because well, that's money. Yeah, that's well. You'd get money off the SEC champ uh, mini tournament too. You're going to get money off that. Like, don't get me wrong. No, yeah, you may no no. You gotta you ESPN. gotta lead lead the bowl games. Leave the bowl games. Honestly, the keep bowl it where it's don't at. matter though. This is the, no, but this is what drives this is what drives me for the competition in college football. Keep it where it's at. 
split it up into conferences, the two conferences, top one from each. There, there's there's a million ways to break tiebreakers. There's a million things they have to break tiebreakers, so there's never a tie. Um, but keep the conferences, keep the winners of the conference. They fight for the for the conference championship because that is what drives the competition for me and that every game matters. Tell me, well, you said every game matters. Why the fuck do you want to have a bowl game when that game doesn't matter? Because they set out every starter just about. What, what's the point of the bowl game? Just to raise money Buddy, for every a game, sponsor? Every game matters to get to that bowl game. But the bowl game does not matter anymore. It's not what it was 10 years ago. Once Christian McCaffrey no, have- sat out for Stanford, the bowl game shows that it does not matter if you don't make the playoffs because they're just going to sit. Your your draft picks that are potentially going to be there, unless you're a borderline draft pick. We saw it in Ohio State sitting. last year with Smith and Jigba. Everyone that's draft eligible. Yeah, is he didn't play out. all year last year. Jigba didn't play at all last year. He was hurt all year. He sat out. I'm he played the other wide receiver from Ohio State. Mar- you talk, you talking about um, the guy that played in the playoffs, Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yeah, he played in the playoffs. It's different. They no, were in the playoffs dude, last year. No, there was a dude that there was a dude that sat out. I don't remember who it was. Nick Bosa sat out for a whole season because he already knew he was going to get drafted in the top five. He sat out a whole season, just about. He played like two games. He said, "All right, I'm fucking, I'm done." The college does not matter if you are already going to be a draft pick, and the bowl games don't mean shit unless you're a small school team like North Dakota State and teams like that that are just happy to be on TV. They're happy to be to, there, so it matters. You'd have to look at like. I mean, you'd have to look at the legal standpoint of, like, what contracts do, like, say Cheez-It, right? The Cheez-It Bowl. What contracts did Cheez-It have with bowl games already? Like, how far is that out already? Do they renew that every oh, year? Oh, yeah. Or are they, like, contracted out for fucking the next 10 years, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, there's definitely a contract for it. But, I mean, as we're saying, though, it's a – that bowl game when they is, got rid of the Outback Bowl. It's just a joke, though. I mean, like, in – no, I get, I get it. I, I'm going with you, Mark. Like, I think bowl games are are a joke. I mean, you have, like you said, draft eligible players are now sitting out. Like, it's just it's pretty much just an extra exhibition game. That's why a mini tournament to decide like. But the top I think four. it gives a lot of the smaller teams something to play for. Because the my question is, once the ACC breaks up, maybe in the next five six years. How the fuck are you honestly going to have a conference winner when you have 30-plus teams in one conference? Please tell me that. Tell me your tiebreaker for 30-plus teams in one conference. Because you can't have tiebreaker. What, what do you, you keep talking about because, tiebreaker? Because that's how, that's how you win a conference is a tie. Is if, like, for example, last year, Alabama was actually had the best record in the West, but LSU won it based on a tiebreaker. Because the, the conference head-to-head, the conference record was better for LSU, not overall. But now when you have 30-plus teams in one conference, how are you going to have a legitimate number one team in that conference? If you are all 12-0 or you have, like, you have five well, you teams 12-0. With, you start with different numbers. You start head-to-head. You start com- you know, head- conference games head-to-head. You, you look at why you have four games, teams undefeated games. You look at why fucking you, rushing yards. Why happens you have four teams undefeated in one conference when you have 30-plus teams? You don't have it. There's not a tiebreaker if you're all 12-0. There's no tiebreaker. No, there, there is a tiebreaker. No, if you're twelve and zero, Doc, you're twelve and zero. You're undefeated. There's no, there's no tiebreakers if you're all undefeated. You but didn't lose a game. To, no, there, there, you'd there, have to there play. is tiebreakers. You'd have to, How you'd have to play you, somebody? You can't somebody. You can't sit me up. I'm twelve and zero, and if we have thirty plus teams in a conference, and say, you know what? I you didn't know have what the number one. You know what the number one tiebreaker rule is in a lot of sports? Run scored or points scored. That's not how it is for college football. It's not. That's not a tiebreaker. No, right. So when it gets to that point, you put that in there. But that's the problem is you're going to have to have many tournaments once you get to those many no. teams inside a conference. Then, then you're then you're going to no, screw every you're, team. You're that, fucking, that, your yeah, 12, 13 you game season just became a 35 game season. It doesn't. You do a four. You do a four team tournament. That's two games extra. Well, when you're we not, get when we get listen, I'll tell you when we're we get getting there. We're, we're close. When we we're, listen. When we get remotely close to 30 teams in a conference, we can start talking about this. We're getting what's there. Our, what's the highest right now? 16? 16. Three 16s. And guess We're what happens when the ACC, We're not when the ACC breaks up in five years, we're going to be there. The, the last four to, teams? Oh, no. That's, a, that's once, sorry, it's Pac-12. Once the ACC right, breaks up, you're going to have you're gonna have 18 schools. And how many Notre teams? Dame is probably, how many, how many teams 18, are in the ACC? 14, and you have the four remaining from the Pac-10 and, or Pac-12, and then you're going to have Stan, or your Notre Dame that's going to a conference, too. That's so 21 that's 18 teams. I'm sorry. That's 19 21? teams. Once Northern Day, 19. 19. Once the Irish join. 19. Yeah. And we yeah. have what? Three conferences of 16. 
So you're going to add six. So it's going to be 24, Doc. Or sorry, 22. Right. So when that's, we get, that's when we two get min- 22. When it, 22. So when we get close to 30, we the can problem talk is, about your The problem is, is fans like you that want a fucking bowl game. That's the problem. It's fans like you that want a cheese a bowl because Florida State won a bowl game finally in fucking six years. So we want I that. Don't give, I don't give that's a shit about bowl games. I, I Dude, I You do. You said keep the fucking, bowl games. We don't need – no, I like the bowl games, but I, I'm not saying we got to keep them. I'm not saying we have to keep the bowl games. I'm saying we don't need a four-game fucking tournament for conference and then a four-game fucking playoff when for you the have championship. That many teams are going to need We that. don't need a 26-game college football season when we got a fucking 17-game NFL season. Doc, you said every game matters, but you watch bowl games that don't matter. They don't matter. But we're they don't. We're sh- no, we're you, you did not listen to me earlier when I said the games matter to get to that bowl game because that is the fucking glimmering hope for teams to have something to fight no, for. That's a participation that trophy. A to fight for no, that's a participation trophy. Yes, it is. That's what it is. It's like, oh, no, you the got losers six don't wins. get a trophy. The Doc, losers don't you get a trophy. To, you get six wins and you're in a bowl game. That is pathetic. That's not going to happen anymore. That's not going to happen anymore. Yes, it is going to happen. They're playing in the playoff field of twelve, and it's still going to be six teams, six games. It's going to be the yeah. same. All right, so you're not going to have the six and six teams. And yes, honestly, you will. The the fucking. All right, that's fine. Sorry, you you might go to seven wins. I'm sorry, seven and five will be good enough to to get a All right, that's, that's better. That's, than, that's better than the that's NFC East from years ago. That's a joke. Well, it, it wouldn't have to be because if we have like a power three, right? Because power five is going to be over pretty soon. So you're yes. going to have your power three. You're going to have like. You'll have your 20-something teams, but you also have to think that they're shifting the playoffs to a 12-game playoff now. So that's yeah, more it, teams but, than a playoff. So but the problem is, is your top five conferences. So what do you do now when there's three big ones and you have these small ones and then you're going to jip these at-large bids that are they're all fucking possibly nine wins or more and you have a good power or another conference that's got eight wins, seven wins? Every Everyone knows that fucking – That's what we're running to. I, I know that's what we're going to run into, but everyone knows if fucking, say, Nebraska wins their fucking conference, they're not going to go into the playoffs and compete with fucking big dogs. I mean, if they won their conference, that means they beat Ohio State and they beat Michigan. So, I mean... It doesn't guarantee a playoff run. It doesn't guarantee a playoff berth. It does. If you're, if you're top five best conference winners, if the Big Ten wins a conference, that most likely means they're going to be one of the top five record-wise. At the Guaranteed. end of the day, that's at the end of the day. That's why I said that I think this is fucking ruining college football. It, it honestly is. I, I already thought system. I I've never liked system any of waking up three weeks of fucking college football every single day. Different bowl games on the beast. The, but back then, though, fifteen years ago, bowl games were awesome because everyone played their starters. So you were you were okay to I was okay to watch the cheese bowl. No, I, I, no, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. If you fucking have a scholarship to play football, I don't give a fuck about you going pro. You're here to play football. You should not have the opportunity or the option to sit out. But Absolutely not. You're here to fucking they, play football. Hey, guess what? You want to sit out? Well, put it in the fucking scholarship. You sit out for the bowl game. Guess what? You're paying the fucking entire four years of tuition. I get it. It don't mean shit because if they get drafted, they're going to make the money. But fucking kick them out of school then. You're done. No degree. Once again, I don't think they care about a degree. They're, they're going to the next level. Nick Bosa. Yeah, they will shit. when they fucking RG3 themselves in their in their second or third year. And guess what? RG3 is working for ESPN. I'm pretty sure he's not worrying about a fucking dime for, for, for anything. I don't know. I just I feel like it should be. I mean, if it's in if it's in the scholarship contract that like you will play in the bowl game and they sit out of it, it you know there's things that you can put into the contract for future whatever. You know what I mean? I've never liked any college. I've never liked. I don't think you should be able to sit out of college. I don't think you should be able to sit out of games to go pro. But as as a coach, how could you tell a player to do that? How could you tell, say, Nick Bosa that you know is going to go top three pick to say, hey, I want you to go risk your career for four quarters of a game that does not mean a single thing? Remember, they, how, weren't, getting paid, they weren't getting paid back then either like they are now. How, had- how, as a coach, how could you tell a player to do that? Here's say, how. You ready? Uh, Here's how. Here's how. You ready? Uh, you know, Bosa, I know that uh, I know that you got a chance to go pro. Um, but we gave you a football scholarship to play football. 
and this is our biggest game of the year. We got here because of you. You know, you were one of the key reasons why we got here, and we want to win this game because of you. This is what you fucking signed up to do. This is what you fucking... This is what you committed to do. This is this is like people going to the academy, on a on a you know getting accepted to the academy of any branch of the armed forces, right? And they're like, "Hey, you signed up to serve your country." And like, well, you know, sports kind of did well for me. I'm gonna get drafted. Tough. You signed a fucking contract. You're serving your country, and that's what they did. That's complete. That's completely different. Completely different, because you're going to an academy. You know. Full heart, when you go to an academy, you're serving. But when you go so, to, say, you go to any other sports college, you're going there. Especially if you go to one of the top power schools, you're going there. Like, say, Alabama, you're going there to get drafted. What, do you, what are you old. doing there? What are you doing there before you go there to get drafted? Because you're not going there to get drafted. What do you got to do in order to get drafted? You play but football for a couple of years. I completely football. disagree. But, but Don Blavins, if Nick Bosa says my back hurts, you can't now force him to play if he's got a back injury. He says, I have a back problem. You do you do the fucking medical shit that you got to do to verify if he has a legitimate reason. All right, that's one thing. I'm not going to force somebody that's hurt to go out there. If your fucking Definitely. bone's hanging out of your leg, I'm not going to force Trust it. Me. But if, yeah, but if he comes out here, if he co- that's fine. You come out here and say my back hurts, and we do an x-ray, we do all the different tests and everything, and everything comes up normal. It's pretty easy to fucking tell you're full of shit. And then he's still going to get drafted. I mean, you can t- you can kick him out of the institution. He's still going to get drafted. I so, disagree. I, mean, I I think I think players are smart to sit out, especially if they're a first round draft pick. If you're talking about like a day two draft pick, then like you should be out there playing to prove yourself. But if you're one of the top top ten, I don't agree with it because Ohio State should have walked all over Utah last year in the Rose Bowl and that game was way closer than it ever should have been. Because of because three or four players from Ohio State sat out. But because no the bowl game doesn't matter. That's that's the point. Do it you, doesn't matter. Do you hang do you hang a fucking banner saying, hey, I won the Rose Bowl in fucking twenty twenty three? No, because no. I fucking lost the Rose Bowl to USC. All right. Otherwise I would hang the banner. These big schools don't give a fuck about bowl games, and the if players don't. We we can disagree. That's fine. I mean, obviously, it's not going to change. But, but they, that, that's no, my opinion. No, the schools care because it's more money for them. The players don't <laughs> fucking care. They don't. I mean, you, you can sit there and tell me they do. Prove it because when they sit no, out, I know they, they don't, don't because they're sitting out. And that's my fucking point. You agreed to a scholarship to come on and play the sport, and then the biggest game of the year comes hey. up, and you're like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. And you know what? And you That's know fine. you know what I heard from you. You know what I heard from years before we end this topic. I heard from years how much passion these fucking players have more than the NFL. Full fucking shit. They've never had as much passion as the NFL players because guess what? They do the same fucking shit. They sit out when they want to. They don't play a hundred percent when they want to. Just like NFL players. So all those twenty years I heard about the NCAA being better than the NFL, the NBA, and MLB. Fucking horseshit. Because it's not. It's never been better. Their system sucks. The playoff is a joke. The BCS was a joke. Everything about the college football playoff so far has been a fucking joke. It's the truth. I think you can sit there and moving, try and change my mind all you want to. It sucks. No, they're moving in a right direction. The BCS was fucking dog shit. I think 12 teams is too nine. much. It's too much. You Eight was perfect. Four, well, honestly, if you want to be honest, four hasn't even been good because it's only been really the first two teams that have been competitive with each other. The third and fourth team have been pretty much ass in the playoffs. Well, that's fucking college football. You have that's that's, a, that's the happens. extreme disparity between talent levels. That's, that's why problem, UCF man. didn't fucking make it to the championship game because UCF can cry all they want about being 12 and 0. They would have gotten absolutely fucking steamrolled by anybody that was in and that game. That's why you can't sit they here and tell me that NCAA is better. Oh, whatever. NCAA will never be better because, like Doc said, the competition is never there. You have too many five stars and four stars on a team versus no, NCAA two, two stars. NCAA is still more entertaining. NCAA it's, is still better to me than NCAA. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch most of my games fifty-five to ten on a weekly basis. That's because you're a Texas the, fan, and they're usually down fifty-five to ten. Coming from a guy that watches Illinois and Florida State, I'm sorry. Let me pick my second school too. I'm gonna pick Ohio State for my second school now. Since you have a, since you have a, two schools, I'm gonna pick two schools now. So that's cute even. considering that's cute considering Florida State was my number one before Illinois, but that's cute. Keep going. Oh, oh, but Illinois is dog shit. They had one good year. 
Congrats, dude. Illinois Florida is State's dog been- shit. I never said they weren't. So you're going to rip on some guys' team. Florida's dog team. shit, too, now because of Willie Taggart. Well, good. Great I mean, episode, good. boys. Yeah. To be honest, though, NCAA is honestly never competitive with each other. When you have the 32nd worst team in football versus the Chiefs, the Chiefs still will have way like harder times beating that team compared to Ohio State playing Rutgers. It's just completely different. It's so bad. I don't understand how people watch it on a weekly basis. And they say it's entertaining. It's it's so just bad. Like, I, I don't get it. I just don't. And then, speaking of a fight, Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul, boys. Prediction time. I'm going to go Jake you Paul. You mispronounced Mark Davis versus Doc, all right? You mispronounced Doc, the, the, the names of the You watch a sport. Doc, you watch a sport and you claim your hat on this so passion and so competitive with each other, but it's the complete opposite in college football right now. And it's been for a while, actually. So they they have the same passion as NFL players, but the same not the same competition. They don't. They just – they don't. And that's why you don't see those Ohio State quarterbacks playing at the next level because they don't have the same competition in college that they do in the NFL. So well, the comp- that's why Justin the comp- Fields no, and, they don't, and no, they Cardell don't Jones it it's two it's two severely different speeds between between because the two they're because they're used to playing with wide open receivers, not playing against good competition against each other. Good competition makes you better. It, that's why you see some of these. You're right. That's, middle you're school- right. that's why you're right. No, you're right. That's why every Alabama quarterback has made it in the NFL. Every Alabama quarterback has made it because the, my, the competi- because the because the competition point. no because the competition is fierce in the SEC. No, you're sitting here the- saying that you're sitting here saying that nobody on Ohio State has made it because the competition is nothing, but the competition is fierce in the SEC. So that's why I'll tell you Alabama. That's why. I'll that's tell why you. Hey. That's why. How many? How many Alabama studs are there okay. playing quarterback? I'll tell right you. Now? I'll tell you. Alabama's got more. It ain't because of lack of competition, Mark. Hey, it ain't because of lack of competition. Alabama, I'll tell you, Alabama's been more quarterbacks in the playoffs recently than Ohio State does, or the Big Ten in what, general. Sit on the bench. Mac Jones made the playoffs his rookie year, and he was a starter. You can sit there and shit all you want to, but he made the playoffs. Joe, Joe Namath won a fucking Super Bowl out of Alabama. So how about that? Where's Ohio State and the Big Ten quarterbacks at? Brady? Brady the, is the one guy you're going to hang your hat on, and that was and he wasn't even a good quarterback in college. He was not. So you can sit there and say what you want about the SEC. They have better talent than the Big Ten. Completely, all around. Quarterback talent, too. I take That's Mac exactly Jones over. That's exactly my fucking point, buddy. But what I'm saying, though, is, is these quarterbacks – when you have five-star talent around you, they're not going to go to the next level and be productive like they do from guys like North Dakota State. Carson Wentz was a pretty good talent coming out, and he had a good few years in him. Trevor oh, Lawrence, I thing. get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. No, what you just said, when you have talent around, you're not going to come out and perform. So in the SEC, if you've got talent around, you're not going to come out and excel. And in the Big Ten, if you don't have talent around, you're not going to come out and excel. Got it. Tracking. All right, moving on. We'll, What's next? We'll, Jake we'll, Paul we'll and look, Nate Diaz. Let's do it. We'll look at the look at the quarterbacks. No, you, you said it right. It, it, you got talent around you, you're not going to succeed. You don't got talent around you, you're not going to succeed. That's let's why I'm on. saying that's let's why I'm saying move level, yep, level competition. Level competition makes you better, and college doesn't have that. No, you didn't say competition. You didn't say competition. You said I, talent I, around you. And talent around you means competition. Hey, so before before right. that point, before that right, point, I said level I said level competition. You got it. You got All it. right, Doc. Okay. Moving on. Jake Paul, Nick Nate Diaz. <laughs> I'm going to go Jake Paul, even though I want Nate, Nate Diaz to win. I think I I want Nate Diaz to win, but I think Jake Paul paid Nate Diaz a lot of money to uh, fall on the. Ground. I don't believe I don't I don't believe that paying job after his last fight. I don't believe he pays the fighters anymore. Maybe he not did, anymore. He did, yeah, he did lose his last fight. No, I'm with you, boys. I uh I want Nate Diaz, but I think I think it's going to be Jake Paul. I definitely I definitely am pulling for Nate Diaz. I think uh, deserving. He's the one, but I think just media, everything, advertisement. I think I think it's going to be Jake Paul. Yeah, I mean Nate Diaz also isn't a isn't a true boxer too. I mean he doesn't have many TKOs or knockouts true. in UFC. True. He does have good conditioning. He's got great cardio. I mean maybe he'll gas out Jake Paul. Maybe he'll take it to the distance and maybe get a couple strikes at the but end. But that's where and the boxing comes down. in too, though. Boxing is a lot know. of boxing, a lot of stamina. Well, we saw Jake Paul's stamina. Look at, last look time. at uh, what was that? The Floyd Mayweather Pacquiao fight. There was a lot of lot oh, of lap running in that ring. <laughs> Those are also two professional boxers. Jake Paul has had stamina problems in his career. Mm, that's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, I, I comparing Jake Paul to Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, it's kind of. Oh, like, no, 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 no. I'm, no, no. I was, yeah. No, I was just talking overall stamina as far as boxing versus UFC. Yeah. 
No, yeah, I mean, there's definitely there because you don't have any rounds you go. I, I agree the stamina is there for for boxing, but we've seen Nate Diaz go. I mean, I know it's not as long, but he goes the full rounds, and he gets kicked. He's getting fucking oh, elbows. Yeah. He's getting punched. So, oh, like, yeah. He has the cardio, and he, he can definitely take punches. I don't think Jake Paul's throwing blows as hard as Conor McGregor and guys like that winning the less padding as well in UFC. So I think Diaz can hold his own. Maybe he might not win. Maybe it goes all whatever rounds it is. I don't think it's a traditional 12 uh, round, whatever it is in boxing, but yeah, I, I want to see Nate Diaz hand Jake Paul a second loss, but I just don't think it's going to happen. This yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. But with that being said, Luke, we miss you out there too in the field, buddy. You get, you get back to us. You keep defending us out there and uh, where the fuck you're at, to be honest, I, they didn't just the Lord's work. Too, so yeah, Uncle Sam, thank oh, you for man. your service. And just know, Luke, when you're listening to this, your your Big Twelve conference—they're getting some competition now, boys. So maybe you, maybe UCF can have something to stand on now with Texas and Oklahoma lead. But now you guys finally have good competition in the Big Twelve with Utah. But yeah, maybe you guys will that, actually make the playoffs now. Yeah, I mean, maybe everyone makes playoffs. It seems like in in college nowadays, or it goes to twelve. It might be twenty four teams in a couple of years when they make these super conferences. You never know. It might just be that's, hey. that's probably what's going to happen before conference before it's going to be like the NCAA. You're going to have your automatic bids and then they're just going to expand the field to a 32 man to a 32 team playoff run. That's what they're going to yep. do. It'll be like the NBA. Everyone gets in. That's that's what college is turning into. And hey, good for college. MLB's going week. that way too. shit. Yep. Not everyone can be the NFL. That's uh, it's as simple as can be. Not everyone can be the National Football League. Best league in the world, um, especially just back, so. baby. Yep, which is back next week. We have full preseason games week one. That is Nick the Docs Kirkwins. That is Chris Kameinhart. Shout out to you, Luke Rule. I'm Mark Davis. You, this is All About the Balls podcast, and we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.